Are you looking for a new math curriculum? Well, CTC Math specializes in providing online video tutorials that take a multi-sensory approach to learning. Favorably reviewed in Kathy Duffy's 102 Top Picks and the Old Schoolhouse Crew Review. The lessons are short and concise to help your children break down concepts and appreciate math in a whole new way. The lessons are taught the traditional way, not to the test. Each one of the video tutorials is taught by an internationally acclaimed teacher, Pat Murray, who is renowned for teaching math concepts in a simple, easy-to-understand way and in only a few minutes at a time. Using a multi-sensory approach, having the combination of effective graphics and animation synchronized with the voice of a friendly teacher together with practical assessment, even students who struggled with math are getting fantastic results. And the ones that were doing okay before now are doing brilliantly. Visit CTC Math today and start your free trial. That's ctcmath.com. This is a production of the Ultimate Homeschool Radio Network. Welcome to the Vintage Homeschool Mom Show. Your host, Felice Gerwitz, is an author, a publisher, and your radio show host. She will encourage, educate, and inspire you with answers to your most pressing questions from homeschool, marriage, parenting, and much more. Felice loves to equip moms to live a Christian life because every moment counts. Be sure to visit her website at MediaAngels.com. And here's your host, Felice Gerwitz. Hey, everyone, and welcome. This is Felice Gerwitz with another episode of Vintage Homeschool Moms. I am so glad you could join me today. We have an amazing podcast for you, and especially if you're interested in some valuable math tips. So to find today's episode, as well as our show notes, you can visit VintageHomeschoolMoms.com, episode 435. Well, friends, do your kids love math or do they struggle? Well, today's guest is Pat Murray, and he's been a math teacher and coach for more than 36 years. And would you believe that over that period of time, the programs and courses that Pat and his company have developed have helped students and families in the tens and hundreds of thousands in more than 72 countries. So this podcast goes all over the world, and no matter where you live, if you're listening to this podcast or you have internet uh, connection, you're going to want to check out ctcmath.com. Pat and his wife, Mari, live in Sydney, Australia, and have 10 kids and seven grandchildren and soon to be eight. So, Pat, welcome. Thank you, Felice. Thanks for having me. Wow, that is exciting to be, you know, halfway around the world from where I live and uh, to be coming to us with some great information. And you know what, Pat, when I looked at your site, one of the things I was really impressed with is that you have one price for the year and the kids have access to so much information. Uh, So that is really a blessing, especially for those of us that have big families, uh, because homeschooling can be very expensive. So um, having 10 kids of your own, you must have thought of that (laughs) as well. Well, Yeah, well, that's one of the big things that we needed to to do is make it as affordable as we we possibly could. And we understand that when kids uh, need some help or need some instruction, Often they'll need some help um, with some earlier work as well. So, but right. but that's why you know if, if they have access to our program, 
the one price is is for everything they will need. So oh, that's so that wonderful. Yeah, um, my son decided that his uh, trigonometry knowledge wasn't good enough. So he had asked me um, when he was in college during the summer. I have I have really interesting children <laughs> uh, to order him a trade curriculum. And let me tell you, um, I wish I had known about your curriculum because um, I ended up ordering uh, a book and uh, it was quite expensive just so that he could teach himself. So this is wonderful, you know, for parents, I would have gladly spent the money. It was much less than um, than the book and the course was. And this would have given him some really good information because one of the things you guys pride yourself on is not over teaching the lesson, right? Um, that's exactly right. I mean, and that's one of our, our key t- our, our key points, and that is nice, clear, concise lessons that uh, you know the kids really have clarity and, and understanding of what they're going to what they need to do. Wonderful, wonderful. Well, today we're going to delve into what you have uh, for us, and that's seven of the most valuable tips for teaching math to kids of all ages. So. Uh, that's what we're going to start with. So let's get started and uh, share some of these tips with us. Let's dive in. Okay, so the very first one relates to what we just talked about. It's short, concise explanations. So very clear. The clarity is, is really important because there's, you, you see a lot of stuff where, where it's very complicated, very complex. Mm-hmm. And unfortunately, math gets a, a bad rap because, you know, a lot of kids and a lot of parents say, well, math is really hard to, to understand. But look, math is a, is a beautiful subject. It should be easy to understand. And, and we've gone to a lot of trouble looking at all different types of way it's shown. I, I guess one of the great things um, that I found over all my years of, of teaching, and I, I learned it very quickly because it was taught to me back, back at college and it was taught erroneously is to say that all math teaching is pretty much the same. You just choose a method and, mm-hmm. and that method will be fine for, for most kids because all the textbooks have different methods. Just choose one and, and go ahead. What I found was the direct opposite, okay, and I only found that when I worked a lot of one-on-one with kids and I, I'd show them one way, I'd sort of see their reaction. I could tell they didn't get it. Show them a different way and, and the light switch was on. Okay, so that's this, this way is much better than the other way. So I did this and I sort of learned the better ways, the best ways over, well, seven to ten years. It probably took me uh, to, to do that, seven to ten years, to sort of really nail down what I consider are the very best ways. And that's, mm-hmm. and that's just through experience. And that's, I had my antenna out there, um, out there to really understand that, yeah, just not, not all ways are equal. So the first step, the tip number one, is make sure that, that when you're teaching your kids, short, concise, explanations are clear and, and, and avoid drawn out stuff. So in a practical sense for the younger kids, probably um, a two or three minute explanation is fine. As they get a bit older, five minutes to seven minutes. And, uh, and that's, that's about the limit. Wonderful. And then they have time to, to practice what they've learned and then move on. Um, which I'm sure your curriculum is also self-paced, so they can just keep going on, right? It is, and that leads to the second point, okay. <laughs> and that is immediate practice. Okay, so it's important what you've just taught them, what they've just learned, that they practice that immediately. 
Okay, you, you don't want any stretch of time. You've shown them something. Okay, go and do something else. Then come back and practice it. No, 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 no. Get them to practice it straight away, and they need immediate feedback as well. Okay, and one of the things that I see some parents do or some teachers do, they'll show the kids something, get them to do it, and 20 minutes later they've worked hard at it, but those 20 minutes they got it all wrong because they, they, right. they didn't get any sort of immediate feedback. So mm. it's important that the first few questions they do particularly, uh, they, they know whether it's right or wrong. Uh, if it's wrong, then you've got to sort of explain it again or show them again. If it's right, then they can do a longer stretch without without necessarily coming back and checking all the time. But, but that, that right immediacy of feedback is, is really important. Very good. All right. And then the third? The third one is rote learning. Now, rote learning, it's an interesting one because you talk to various people and they will all have heard rote learning is great or rote learning is bad, right? But, you know, there's, there's not many middle ground. I'm telling you rote learning is fantastic and it is important. Okay, so it's it's really important that the kids know their math tables. It's just so critical. And and I don't get it when people, you know, they, they say, oh, it sort of limits their creativity. That's 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 all rubbish. Okay. They really <laughs> need to know their 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 um, times tables. They need to know their quick and basic facts because when they know all that, when it comes to algebra later on, problem solving they don't need to spend and waste valuable time and invaluable brain resources trying to figure out, oh, what's, what's seven times eight? I don't know what's seven. Okay, forget it. They just need to know seven times eight is 56. Okay, they, they don't even need, you just, they cannot afford at that later stage to start thinking, uh, start thinking about the answer, uh, the answer to basic stuff. So they just need to know that. So if you ever hear that rote learning is bad, just dismiss that. You say, thank you very much for that information, but my kids are going to write learn because that will serve them very well later on. Very and good. on that too, just on that, in terms of right learn, the other things to learn would be formulas, okay? And, and there's a few tricks and, and ways to learn formulas, and I'll give you just a couple. I think one thing I always like is to, if we think about the area and circumference of a circle as an example. Now, the circumference of a circle is C equals 2 pi R. All right, C equals 2 pi R. Area is A equals pi R squared. Now, over time, I found a lot of the kids would confuse the two, all right? They know, you know, in, in, a, in a class or at home, they'd know how to do it. But when it came to an exam situation, so many of them just flipped it. Mm-hmm. They just got it wrong. Okay, so I thought, well, what's, what's one way we could make this a bit easier for them? And what I discovered is something simple if we think of the circumference, if we picture a pie, a nice apple pie, I don't want to get um, off the subject and stuffing your food, but if we think of an apple pie and we have two rabbits running around that apple pie, it's a big apple pie, and they're running around it, and those two rabbits are two R. So you've got two and pie and R, and I've just found something simple like that. Explain that to the kids, and strangely enough, Five months, six months down the track, they still remember that. Mm-hmm. Okay, the other one, pi r squared. How do you get pi r squared, Felice? Well, this, you think of a giant pie, and there's just, just a single rabbit this time, a single rabbit sitting, and he's looking up in the sky, and it's a cartoon rabbit, so we don't know animal cruelty. But the pie <laughs> comes down and squashes that rabbit, and the rabbit, once it gets up, again, it's a cartoon character, 
ends up looking like a square. You can picture a square. So a rabbit has got squared. So the area is flat, pi r squared. And again, that works. But you can find some other things that work with your kids. Just re- requires a little bit of imagination. So very cool. Formulas well, are a good one to, yeah. to, 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 to put a story behind. That's great. Yep. One of the things I want to share with the listeners is um, most of you that have listened for a long time know that I have the I had two older kids in a big span of years, and then I had my next three children. I always laughing say yes with the same husband, um, but we had a big break there, and so I always say that I practiced on the first two, even though I had a teaching degree. And I got it better. I'm not even going to say perfect or right with the last three. But I also thought, because I was big into creativity, that you were going to stifle the children if you made them memorize all this stuff. And then I realized with the third uh, and fourth and fifth that, guess what? They're like sponges when they're little. So, I mean, I was even throwing uh, the the chemical uh, the periodic tables at them. I had those out and those were the replacements. And, you know, I was one of these moms that we surrounded ourselves with learning. We're driving in the car, you know, I would say, okay, you know, name an adjective. And my kids were always saying, you know, why are you, why did you do all this? I said, because no one fought when mom was, you know, asking you or playing games or doing all these things. They didn't have time to, you know, throw things at each other or pull on seatbelts. And so, um, you know, we made learning fun, but I found that they were just sponges, Pat, when they were younger and they could memorize all this stuff. So, you know, start when they're they're younger. And even if they're not, um, you know, there's all kinds of, of different ways. And I'm sure you give suggestions, too, on your site about, you know, how to uh, make this easier. But, it, you know, there's so many games and things now for you know memorizing so absolutely and i think that's that's really cool what you said about starting them young and it is quite amazing too felice that you were at some stage someone convinced you about that that rote learning my education the educational system (laughs) my teacher i was in the (laughs) 70s when everything was like oh you know let's color without lines and let's experiment and yeah yeah, um, where I'm, I'm from a long line of, of teaching as well. My, um, I've got in, in my family lots of teachers. Also, uh, my wife's brother's a teacher. My wife's father, so my father-in-law was a teacher. But it's interesting also talking to older teachers and and in and discussing that, which I have a lot of discussions. I say, and I can always remember one one of the older teachers who's seen it all. He said, "Pat, these things happen in cycles. Okay, you will get right. people who will think this is bad, good now." And five years later, oh, this is bad, but just wait another five years, Pat, it'll be good again. So I think one of the difficulties, and this goes with a lot of education, but math, math particularly, is where I think, I think a lot of teachers, they've taught for so long, that they actually get bored with mm-hmm. the way they're teaching it. And because even though that, that teaching works, works well, they say, well, let's do something different, thinking that it's it just sort of, um, I guess, it's something different from them, but... The problem is the kids that should be teaching the right way, they're sort of the guinea pigs. They said, oh, we're going to try something different. They don't know it's any different. They just, but, but unfortunately, they, they're the victims of that right. change. And right. I think, unfortunately, you know, there's some tried and true ways that they just need to get stuck at. And um, you right. just got to not move. So I think, I think that's important. But let's move on. Let's, yeah. Number four is the sequence of stuff. I, I'll give you an example that in a lot of textbooks, 
they just follow the same sequence. Every textbook you look at the same, it's just following the same sequence. And I'll give you an example in, in differentiation in calculus as an example. I remember a class I taught oh, maybe 20 years ago now, but I just followed the textbook and it just made sense. And at the start of the textbook, it said, okay, with introducing this calculus, which some parts are, 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 are complex, no doubt, but some parts are pretty straight, really easy, mm-hmm. really easy to do. And the kids have great success when they start with that. But at the start of that chapter, we had to do a differentiation by first principles. What that means is essentially working out the gradient and slope of curves and so on. And that's hard. That is hard. What I found when I did a test later on, and I found that a boy who had left, or sorry, he didn't leave, he missed the initial class because he was sick or he's away on an excursion or something. He missed that class the confusing class, the introduction class, he did a lot better on that test than a lot of the other kids who didn't miss any classes. And it was just the pure, the sequence, because the other kids were introduced to a complex thing and all of a sudden, oh, they thought differentiate, oh, this is really hard, this is complex. So in their mind, they thought it was pretty hard. This kid didn't have that obstacle. And it was my fault. I mean, I I just followed the textbook. I know better now, but it's an interesting one that the sequence of events. So... If you see a topic that you're approaching and you can, you can see, you can pick out, this is actually, this bit's difficult. This is actually coming earlier than the easiest stuff. Swap it around. Do the easiest stuff first. Let the kids build confidence because if you do the hard stuff and it's difficult, then, then the kids have a bit of a mind block and they think, well, the rest of it's difficult as well. So think about the sequencing. That's pretty important. Yeah, so you're encouraging success basically is what you're doing. Absolutely. Yeah, that's right. I mean, because, yeah, yeah. I mean, what I've found it when, when I do talk to parents and say, you know, make math interesting, they say, how can you make math interesting? And sometimes it's, sometimes it's as simple as this. You give the kids success. You have them achieve something that before they found difficult. And success is very interesting. I haven't seen anyone who has become successful that doesn't find that interesting. Okay. Right. So even very if they don't find necessarily you know the math applications that interesting success is always very interesting great all right number five number five is discovery learning and again or inquiry based learning so again there's some camps here is, is discovery learning good inquiry based is it good or is it bad this is mostly bad if it's at the start if you get a kid or a child to try to teach themselves, that's what discovery learning essentially is, and you give them things and give them a few prompts in here, but you leave them essentially wallowing and trying to work something out, they will soon become very disinterested, okay? And they will lose confidence, they'll lose interest. I, I'll give you a good example, like a Rubik's Cube. Now, you know what a Rubik's Cube is? Oh, the, my, son, the my, kid, my kids are crazy about them and have all different kinds, yes. <laughs> yeah, they're, they're fantastic. They're fantastic. Right. Now, I came across a Rubik's Cube when I, I think I was 12 or 13. That's when they first came out. Mm-hmm. Well, they first came out to Australia anyway. Right, right. And I, I, was, I had a Rubik's Cube. I could, do a, I could get one side done and then I could do a little bit more than one side, but not much more, Right. And then I, uh, I was so interested for a while. Then I lost interest. Couldn't do it. Then a friend of mine, he had a book. This was way before the internet. He had right. a book that could solve the Rubik's Cube. So he showed me that book and then I looked at it. And then by 
learning how to do it because essentially someone was showing me how to do it. Right. Then I became much more interested in it again and I used to use it a lot. And then once I was able to do it, I was able to improve myself, go faster and faster, learn my own patterns after mm-hmm. I could do it. But it was important that I was shown how to do it. So it's the same. If I give a Rubik's Cube to my child at home, uh, and I have that at my boys, and, I, and I've just tested it, just to say, and I said, boy, ha- have a go at this. And sure enough, they're having great fun for half an hour, <laughs> an hour at tops. Yeah, and then it's it's, hard. But then I've shown them, okay, this is how to do it. And I've gone through the steps. And then hours and hours and hours and hours, they love it. And they just keep coming back to it. So that's, and so that's what discovery learning misses out. If you're getting a kid or trying to teach them math by getting them to, to try to learn it themselves, it doesn't work. So they need to be taught by examples, like teaching your children. How are, you, how are your children going to learn? They learn by your example. And the same is, is in math. You teach them by doing a lot of examples, showing them how to do it, and then they'll be able to do it. Very good. Yes. Great. We jump now to number six, Felice, which is puzzles, puzzles and problem solving. There's some great stuff out there. There's plenty of things like Sudoku is is, is one of my favorites, but there's quizzles. And look, I I think if you can get your kids, start off with the simple ones as well, again, so they get success. It's important they get success. And then they, they can just sort of move through. Um, puzzles that are a bit more interesting or a bit more ha- harder and complex. And uh, right. think of a, a re- bit of a reward system for them as well. That always works. Right. But um, puzzles are good and handwritten ones if you can as well. Like, uh, there's a lot of stuff obviously online that, um, that you can do. But, but if you want to sort of limit the screen time, and people still think today it's really important, pen and paper, you've got to – Use pen and paper because that's where a lot of thinking happens between the brain and the pen and your hand and getting to that paper. There's a lot of lot of thinking. There's a lot of studies coming out now that that's how important that is. So um, one of the problems that schools have, you know, these days I know is is they get their kids just essentially on the laptops pretty much all the time. And, right. And I think we're going to see some well already evidence. There's some major problems with that. So uh, it's important, even with uh, studying for SAT and ACT and things. The kids used to print them. The they had the like sample of the day, and so one of my podcasters actually does this. She travels all over teaching, you know, tips for parents. But that was one of her suggestions: is to have them printed out, not just do it you know, looking on the computer because mm. exactly what you were saying and they were able to really increase their scores doing that because they already had a baseline. So, yeah, for sure. and, and that was one of the major things that they did differently was actually it- doing those, uh, you know, by hand because it's, it's so important. So that is right. So when they do, uh, going back to six, when they do the puzzles and problem solving, is this to show application or just to show them that, you know, here's another avenue of something that's interesting because you're good at it. And yeah, you know. I think it's more that, Felicia. I think it's more of the interest side of things. Okay. So yeah, I think that problem okay. solving. I mean, problem solving. You know, in in a sense, uh, when I talk about problem solving, there, there are some problems, obviously, in math to solve. But I, I guess I'm more so talking about more of an interest and fun sort of activities okay. sort of away from from their regular program. Okay, but it good. is interesting when you talked about the, the handwritten stuff, I mean, we have page summaries of all of our lessons and the, and the kids who get the best success, they'll print those out, but then they'll have their 
pens and markers and highlighters, and they'll highlight stuff as 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 it's being explained or or after it's been explained. And just that just that simple thing just helps all of that sink into the memory and become a bit more absorbed. That's tactile um, for very good. Yeah. Very good. Mm. All right. And number seven. Number seven is straight for the parents and it is to avoid frustration. All right. So <laughs> when you when you're teaching, okay, at times you are gonna get frustrated and it just goes without saying. So to avoid frustration, okay, now I mean I'm one of the worst ones now. So but but am I better than I am a while back? Yes I am, because I've but I've had to I've had to really focus. I have to understand that if you become frustrated with your kids, even even if they sense that you're frustrated, you know they're not doing it on purpose. They're not being, they're not, um, you know, struggling with math or with another subject to make you angry. They're, they're actually, you know, <laughs> as long as they do. So you've you've got to really, you know, avoid frustration. And and I guess one of the things that I found over time, and I've got you know kids ranging from you know 33 year old down to to a 13 year old. So I found that if you get frustrated and you get annoyed with them and get angry with them that, that later on that they might struggle a little bit to come and talk to you, not just about math problems, but about problems in general, because they're a little bit worried about your reaction. So that's a critic. That's, that's a key one that, that, that I've learned over many years. So I like to pass that on to parents as well. Very good. That's definitely a truth. Yep. So to wrap it up, I'll give you the seven points. So the, the parents. So the first one again: clarity, short, concise explanations. Okay, and get them to practice straight away. Point number two: practice straight away. Immediate feedback. The third point we talked about: rote learning, memorizing, times tables, your basic facts. Really, really important. Number four we talked about was the sequence of lessons. Okay, look at look at your series of lessons in a chapter. Is there anything that sort of stands out as being a bit more difficult? Push that to the back. Get the easier ones, the more ones that they're guaranteed success at the start. Get them to do that early. Then we moved on to point five, which was discovery learning, inquiry-based learning. Don't fall into the trap of thinking it's a good thing. Okay, make sure they know all their basics. Make sure they know a whole lot of their work first and they're good at it before you start giving them any sort of stuff that's inquiry-based. Number six was puzzles and problem-solving, Sudoku, quizzes and, and the like, to build interest, make math a bit fun for the kids. And lastly, we talked about number seven, and it could be the most important one, was avoiding frustration. Very good, very good. And that and and these are things that are doable. You know, sometimes when you hear these lists, you're like, okay, I can do maybe half of one. But <laughs> <laughs> but these are things that I am excited to present to my listeners because these are things that you can grasp and you know apply this to your life. Um you know, fairly quickly. I mean, um, it, it's really a, a great thing. And I think most of us look at avoiding screen time as much as we can, uh, because we're on the computers all the time. And, you know, not only that, phones and, and everything else. So it's, uh, you know, like we always say, a first world problem, but still uh, something that we as parents have to deal with. So, uh, these are, you know, great suggestions. And, you know, you never know, um, when you were talking about the Rubik's Cube, my son um, 
you know, was a little star baseball player in high school. He, we homeschooled, but he played for a private Christian school. And so um, he had uh, took his Rubik's cube on the bus on one of their more lengthy trips. And by the end, all the boys had Rubik's cubes. They were all oh. their phone and everybody, <laughs> even the coaches got into it and, you know, had to go get one. So my, my son was laughing. He goes, look, mom, I'm a trendsetter. You know, and it was, you know, it's the, the strange homeschool kid that brings a Rubik's cube and then everybody doesn't laugh at him, but joins in. So it's a great story. Yeah. Isn't that, yeah, you know, sure. but of course he did, uh, he did struggle with it just as you said, and he's very stubborn. So I think it took him at least two or three days before he did, you know, result with the YouTube video to figure it out but it's exactly right they figured out different uh ways and methods themselves but it was a, a you know a good success and i think the other thing i really loved uh that you talked about was um you know the, the point about memorization which we already discussed but um so many times we get stuck in these preconceived notions. And so when you hear something, you know, even if someone, you know, that, that you really like, you know, another homeschooling friend or whatever um, says something, look at it. And my question is always that worked for her home. Will it work for mine? Because by your memoriz memorization, you know, you've got, you're not going to be counting on your fingers because kids would, you know, one of the things my husband helped me with was, Sometimes it took long to get through school, right? You're trying to get through your day and then dad's home and, or, you know, whatever, even with people working at home now. And so one of the things he said was, you know, give them time limits of how long it should take them, even if they're not going to stick to that 30 minutes, at least they know, look, I've got about 30 minutes to do math or 30 minutes to complete this assignment. And that was on the sidebar. And that really increased the amount of time you know, they didn't work as hard as they had been because they were playing around and doing, you know, whatever, you know, homeschool kids tend to do, yeah, like, yeah. <laughs> like lose the book or, you know, yeah. whatever that is. And so when they started memorizing things, they were like, wow, I just, you know, I had 30 minutes and I could do it in 15 because they weren't having yeah, to count on their fingers or look it up or, you know. So, so these things are great and, um, you know, really appreciate it, uh, Pat. Any last words before we wrap up here? Well, I, I did like when you talked about, um, you know, what you might hear from other homeschooling parents and so on. But I, I, I'm a great believer in intuition as well. I mean, if you really feel right. something is right for your family, for your kids, then, then back yourself. Go with that. Right. Uh, sure, listen to other people as well and get advice but you know when it all boils down to it i mean intuition is a it's a marvelous thing i mean you know i i you know i'm always a great believer in that now felice have we got time for the magic trick or not oh absolutely yes yes I oh, thought great, that I thought great. that our magic trick was was the <laughs> the the pie. I was like so impressed with that because I was probably one of those kids that got it confused. My strengths are writing and and literature, so <laughs> yeah, sure, yeah. sure. Okay, sure, okay, yeah. Okay, give okay us that. all right. Okay, this is the the magic, and it's an and it's based on algebra. And I'm just making it up as I go here, but but and it's something that the kids can learn. You, you can learn as a parent. You can impress your kids. What I'm going to do too, I think. Uh, Felice, I might I might make a little video of this and post it, and then you can share it. Wonderful, with, uh, yeah. Send with, us the, with link. the listeners so they yep. could. Um, okay, okay, so here we go. We're going to start. I don't know whether you, yeah, how good your mental math is, but but certainly your listeners can follow this. Okay, so get you start with a number between one and ten. 
just choose an easy number, and then I would write that number down because it's easy to forget. So you've started with a number, then I want you to double it. Then I want you to add 10. Then I would like you to add the number you started with, then subtract 1. And then we're going to do a division. I'm going to get you to divide by 3. And finally, take away the number you started with. Now, I can't see any hands, but if I said, put your hand up if you've got a 3, I'm hoping all our audience has now got a 3. I did so, it, and I have a three. <laughs> ah, good on you, Felice. Yay. Well done. Do I get a sticky, a sticky star? Or I used to tell my kids a, a purple yo-yo. <laughs> I'd be like, you get a purple yo-yo. Really, Mom? No, it's figuratively speaking. <laughs> oh, that's great. So that, that little trick, that was just based on algebra. So I just sort of made that up as I was going. And, uh, and then that's, and the kids respond really well to that. You, you can do that trick with them, and then you can actually, the kids can make their own tricks and you sort of, it's a sneaky way for them to actually start learning algebra. It's, it's, it's great. But I'll, I'll post something like that and you can, you can tell your listeners where to find that. So. That's wonderful. So, and, and two, when you're making this video input here, is explain the connection with algebra because. Absolutely. Oh, yeah, that's what I'll do. Yeah, yeah. Perfect. So I did, yeah, Cause sure. it's, yeah, because it's like, okay, where does the algebra come in? Oh, yeah, I see it. But yeah, yeah, because, uh, you know, algebra was the one, ta- one subject I could teach and I was really good at. Geometry, not so much. I have a granddaughter mm-hmm. who loves geometry and I said, what is yeah. wrong with you? <laughs> but she really loves it. So. Well, I feel like we're friends, Pat. Thank you so much. I I was sharing with you beforehand um, that I actually had a friend in Australia and I threw out, come visit me if you're ever in Florida. And he actually did. So you and your family forever (laughs) in Florida, (laughs) come visit me and let me know. And then we'll, we will, we will, we will take out on that offer for least. Oh, I don't know. Sydney's beautiful. So I don't know that our beaches, uh, because I did, we we live close to Sanibel. And so when I took our guests to Sanibel, he said, oh, these look like the beaches at my, you know, my summer home and I said okay uh, <laughs> but uh but wonderful well thank you so much I also appreciate your sponsorship for our network and we are excited to be sharing this um this math curriculum with our listeners so so all of you listening go check out ctcmath.com and also um you know Pat allows you to uh, check it out and uh, do a free trial. And it is really um, a good price. I want to commend you on that because sometimes, you know, prices can really be up there, especially today. And um, especially if you have multi-age children, this is such uh, a wonderful investment for your kids. Well, we've, we've really tried to make it really family friendly. And the other thing we always do as well, and we've done it you know, for 17 years now, we offer a full money back guarantee for 12 months. So you just, so so we just take all that risk because we, we don't, we know how important it is to, you know, the dollars are important. So we need, we don't want you to risk, you know, have that feeling, oh gee, if I spent this, if I've done a good thing, use it, go out to use it. And, you know, if it doesn't, if you find that, 
not quite right for you, that's okay. You know, you know, just ask for your money. We'll give you your money back and we'll still be friends. No problem. <laughs> that's what we were waiting for. We were, are we still going to be friends? No. <laughs> Wonderful. Well, and that takes a lot of confidence. And go look at his uh, website. They have won a ton of awards and, and especially uh, Kathy Duffy's top picks. And um, I actually have some curriculum in that. Uh, as well. And it's, it's difficult to, to get in that. So um, congratulations on that. Wonderful. And uh, listen, take care. And hopefully, uh, we'll chat soon down the down the road and see what else you guys have come up with. But uh, you pretty much have math covered on that uh, website. And like you said, you know, not everyone uh, can teach math. So if you need some, you know, some help, or even if you, um, you know, are good in math and just want some other reinforcements, this is a great curriculum to check out. So Pat, thanks once again for joining us and uh, take care down under as, as they say, right? Uh- <laughs> <laughs> take care. Okay. Great, Felice. It's been, it's been wonderful chatting with you. All right. Bye-bye. Bye. Bye, Felice. Thanks for tuning in to the Vintage Homeschool Mom Show. Visit Felice at MediaAngels.com and TheVintageHomeschoolMoms.com. Vintage Homeschool Moms is a production of the Ultimate Homeschool Radio Network.